Jefferson City. We have very exciting things in store today on this Tuesday afternoon. We are doing our very first podcast episode. The top five things that are probably the most surprising to homeowners on an inspection notice. Um, so it's kind of like this. When you're a first time home buyer, especially, but anytime when you're a buyer, you get this big report from the inspector and there's a whole list of everything on, you know, related to the house that isn't exactly perfect. And frankly, even new construction can have things that come up that are even just maybe something to watch out for or the grading of the yard or just things that kind of come more with new construction as hurdles, but um, especially a pre-existing home that's maybe 5, 10, 20, 30, 100 years old, um, there are things that are gonna be not be perfect about it. Doesn't mean the seller has to fix that, but it is something you wanna be aware of. Um, maybe what's more customary to be fixed or what's maybe a bigger deal? You know, what on that um, hit list, what are the most expensive items that you wanna think about? So for today, the top five. So the first one, you're not gonna believe it, but it comes up on nearly every home inspection I see. And it doesn't matter who the inspector is, um, but we get a lot of um, toilets not being secured, which for the life of me, I can't figure out what it is that we're doing as homeowners that uh, I guess we're just sitting calmly and, and rationally and there's no issue, but almost never does it seem like the actual toilets are secured to the ground. And they want that secured because yeah, you don't want a kid in there and something tips and toilet water goes everywhere, it's mayhem. That just sounds like a very expensive plumbing bill. So they want that secured. It's not an expensive fix, but a lot of times they'll have to reset the toilet and redo the wax seal on it, which then you're getting into a little bit of labor and time. So that might be something in your home you wanna look into. I know there's home inspectors who will come inspect your home while you're living in it. If you think you might be selling in the next year or two and you wanna get ahead of some of those items, um, we can connect you with people like that. But do not just tip your toilet over and see what happens. I did not suggest you do that. Um, but that's something that I feel like I've, I've seen more and more over time. So I think inspectors are just checking for that more. Uh, but that is one that comes up as loose toilets. The second one, is definitely one for people with children or grandchildren, um, or especially a rental property that is more of an issue. And I, in my 16 years of real estate, I haven't seen it very much until the maybe last two, three years. And that is an anti-tip bracket on a stove or an oven built. And so a lot of times your stove will just sit there and it's good, it's a very heavy appliance, no worries, everything's good. Um, but for whatever reason, um, if you don't have that, if you have a child like uh, one of my dearest friends who shall remain nameless, but one of her children I think is part billy goat. And if she's watching this, she's gonna know that I'm talking about her, but it's okay. She knows her child's a billy goat. It's fine. Um, but if you get those kiddos that open that, you know, stove door or the oven door and they want to climb on that and it tips, that is a very, very heavy appliance that would be coming down on a little kiddo. And so there have been fatalities um, tied to that. And so that would be a really tragic situation that could be averted by, you know, $5 little bracket that could be mounted on the wall behind it. I think just like the toilet, I think it doesn't get done because that contractor who's installing either the toilet or the stove or oven, you know, they don't want to put holes in the wall. What if they move it? What if they have to adjust it? So a lot of times they leave that and let the homeowner decide if that's something they want to do. 
So just food for thought on that. I think that could be probably a, a danger or a hazard in your home that you're not even thinking of, especially if you had a home inspection many, many years ago before they were really preaching that gospel. So that's something to look into. Also, this is not really you know, related to appliances and such, but like furniture, dressers, same principle as far as that tip hazard. Another one, okay, deck brackets. So, and we're gonna actually call them like joist hangers or there's lots of names for those types of things. But I, and again, I don't know if in the inspector world they've had, you know, kind of an, a memo get released, but it seems like in recent years, they've really been coming down hard on how the deck is attached to the home itself in relation to the support of, you know, how big it is, how much weight capacity does that need to be able to hold? And then what what are all the brackets underneath holding all those up um, to what standard? Because I think a lot of decks were built prior to some of those code requirements and things like that, or you got somebody that just did it themselves and grandpa helped and, and you're going off of maybe information that's, you know, half a century, you know, back from what current codes are. So that's just something to think about on your deck. Again, a good contractor uh, or inspector can look at that and see whether there's additional things needed. Again, this is one pretty inexpensive. So anytime that comes up, I think a lot of sellers get paranoid of, oh my gosh, we're going to rebuild the deck. Typically it's just beefing up um, those attached brackets and such, which again are pretty inexpensive, especially if you identify what the issue is and you're handy and you can do that yourself. The materials are very cheap and if you have to hire it out, it doesn't take that long. So the labor cost shouldn't be that high. Okay, one of these, this is not new, but the smoke detectors, we all know about that. But carbon monoxide detectors, that is one that I feel like locally um, inspectors have started really talking about a lot more in recent years. Um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but there was a very well-loved family that tragedy struck and I think it was in relation to a car that was running and um, ended up with some of the family passing away from exposure to carbon monoxide. So we get a lot of people that give kickback of, oh, I don't need that, there's not even gas in my house or whatever. It's just a good thing to have on each level of your home. Uh, I think inspectors tend to want one on each level. So you have, and it depends on how large your home is. You might need two if it's a rather large home, um, but you wanna have that. I personally like the plug-in ones because then you're never really worried about like the backup batteries and such. Um, I, you're gonna wanna defer to an expert of how you install it. I was always told that gas tends to hang low. So the ones that are combo units with a, um, a smoke detector up in the ceiling, I don't know if that's adequate or not. So you're gonna wanna defer to the packaging as far as install and or ideally maybe talk to um, more of a handyman or an expert here uh, in the area for that. So smoke and carbon monoxide detectors, they don't have to be hardwired. Um, so if you have a home that's, you know, pre-built, you know, it's not a new construction, they don't require that those be hardwired in. So if you have a hundred year old home, you do not have to go ripping out your walls to do that, but you will wanna make sure, um, I think it's one in every bedroom. They want one in the hallway or the common area outside of bedrooms. Yeah, the main area, and then I think downstairs, same kind of deal. I know growing up, shout out to my mom, we always had one just outside our kitchen and that was our dinner bell. <laughs> Sorry, mom, it's true, although, if I had one in my kitchen, I would be doing the same thing right now, but uh, I don't think they require them in the kitchen, probably literally because of my mother's cooking, they revise the entire code.
I know. Anyway, um, so that's smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. Sewer, okay, so this is the last one. This is number five. This one hits home because I have a septic system in my house, uh, at my house. And this is where, you know, if, if you aren't sure what a septic system is or, or even a lagoon, okay, that basically means either you pay a sewer bill or you don't. If you're not paying a sewer bill, you have a private sewer system of some kind. So one of the biggest issues I think people have is, you know, you flush that toilet, you're not thinking anything else about it. I know I wouldn't either, you know, you just don't wanna do that. But if you aren't regularly pumping the septic tank, which they say five, six, seven years, depending on the size of it, how many people are living in your home, and also how well sized that is for the home. Um, the tank size is uh, recommended based on how many bedrooms you have in the home because that would kind of lend itself to, you know, saying, all right, what's our max capacity for humans living here? So that's what current code is, but there's many times that the system was installed 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago or more, and it's not up to code at all. You know, and a lot of people will say, hey, I'm grandfathered in, I don't have to do anything. It's not really the case. Um, it is determined a lot of the time of what the buyer is comfortable with. If that system is not to current code exactly, but it's fully operational and it's gonna fit their needs, as long as they're fully informed and, and everything's disclosed properly, they can buy that home. Now, some government loans will specify whether they have to have a current code inspection or not. So that's a whole other animal to unpack. But bottom line, what I want the takeaway to be is if you are a homeowner listening to this and you have either a septic or a lagoon, and let's say it's a septic tank, okay, and you have not pumped it in five years or more, you probably wanna have a company out to do that. And I mean, if it's fine and you wanna leave well enough alone, that's your home, you absolutely can do that. But if you think you might sell in the future and you want some time to get things handled, if you think it's not exactly perfect, now is a good time to get ahead of it and do that and not be dealing with that in the stress of being right in the middle of your move. Because I think what gets really tricky for folks is they plan on selling their home, they get a contract, they negotiate it, and then they find out, oh, whoa, we have a problem. And septic issues can be five to 25 grand. I've seen everything in between as well. Um, and that can get really, really pricey. And even lagoons, you know, you wanna make sure the fencing's right. You wanna make sure that berm is clear. Um, there's enough sunlight getting to it. There's a lot of requirements that inspectors like to look for um, that you can be proactive and just make sure that's a good healthy system that's operating the way that it should be. And a lot of times those little maintenance issues you can get on top of right away. And then it's not a big, scary, mean animal later having to redo the whole thing. You can just kind of keep up with it as it goes. So those are the five things that, uh, for me, the loose toilet's probably the funniest one because I'm always like, wow, what are, what are they doing in there? What do they think's gonna happen in the bathroom that we're worried about it tipping over? But I have four children, so I think I'm gonna discover one day why they say that on inspections. Anyway, so I hope in that, if you're thinking of selling, if there's any of those you either don't know what I'm talking about or you're like, hey, I think I might have an issue here, you're welcome to either privately message us or comment or something if you have any um, specific thoughts or topics you want us to cover in another episode or maybe one of these you want us to dig deeper on. Uh, we're gonna have some septic guys and inspectors on for different episodes so we can have them kind of 
tell us maybe from their perspective a lot of recurring issues that they see because I really do think the more knowledge we have and the more informed that a homeowner is, especially ahead of time, um, the smoother I think the process will go. So that is it for today. What I also want you guys to think about on the comments, even if it's not a question or related to today's topic, I would really love to know any other um, podcast topics you guys have. We obviously have a ton of topics to cover and some of them are kind of hot topics where we're going to kind of go there with some stuff. Some of it's a little bit lighter like home staging tips and things like that. So we really want some input from the crowd. We want to do this as something as an item of value so that you guys are able to get some really good takeaways and that's the whole point. So until next time, peace and love friends. Bye.